Please listen carefully. And now, live from the attic that smells like a basement in McKinney, Texas, it's the Assuming Positions Podcast, featuring two guys high-fiving with words, Kevin and Mikey. Hey everybody, welcome to the Assuming Positions Podcast. Kevin over here. And Mikey over here. And today on the podcast, we are reviewing another movie. It's called An Assumption, because it's the first time we're seeing it. Yeah, not a reassumption. And today we are doing Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. But it's not just me and Mikey. It's the entire Assuming Positions crew. This is a roundtable podcast. Say hello to that guy, Brad. Hello there. And say hello to Not Scott. Good to be with you. Yes. We have brought the whole table here together in the round to discuss Shang-Chi. And not just play D&D. Yes. And Shang-Chi. To play D&D. So, as with all our reviews, they come out way after the movie did because we spoil stuff because we're going to talk about everything. All the different beats and all the different plot lines and all the different things that happened. And at the end, we will give our pizza rating out of eight slices of pizza... Eight being the best, of course. We can add toppings to add pluses and minuses, take away things. We've yeah, never yeah. like pulled cheese off there if we didn't like it. I don't think we've I don't think we've had a bald pizza you'd, yet. Yeah, you'd have to really hate just, it. And you can probably already guess. I mean, well, and I don't want to give it away, but mm-hmm. I have a tendency of giving eight slices. But we'll see how I thought about this. We'll see how we thought about this. So, Shang Chi, what is this and who is in it? So we are well into what is this, phase four? Absolutely. Of, yes. of Marvel. This is not the first Phase 4 movie. It's technically the second? Third? Second. Second. Yeah, Black, Black Widow was the first. Okay, so, and a lot of people don't consider that a Phase 4 movie because it's a it's, prequel. It's going to be argued, but I think it really definitely is. I think between that and some of the, the TV media we're going to see through the streaming. That's true. The rest of our four and Spider-Man and, uh, mm-hmm. you know... Doc Strange and poor Doc Strange. All of this crap. (laughs) Doc Strange is uh, very high on the docket for the coming year and lots of stuff. I think, in fact, I think this movie set up a lot of things that are going to happen in Doctor Strange. For sure. So, Shang-Chi, who's in this? We got, this is kind of his first thing ever as Shang-Chi himself, Simu Liu, Mm -hmm. which I guess he's been a stuntman and a model, an Abercrombie model of all things. He's got the looks for it. And... Then he's the main character. Then uh, co-starring, we have Aquafina, which we may know from, well, her Songs viral video. Quote. Yeah, and such. And we are also adding, I mean, this cast is all a bunch of Crazy chi- rich agents. Chinese and Chinese-American actors. Aquafina was in that. Good call. Yeah, well, right. And actually, there were two, and I forget who else was in... Was in Crazy Rich Asians, but we got Menger Zhang, Fala Chen, Benedict Wong, of course Wong. Oh, uh, Wong's the best. Yeah. Michelle Yeoh, the great legendary Michelle Yeoh. That's right. Also a legendary actor, Tony Luing. Tony Lung. Wong. That's right. Luing. Let's let's just Wong. let's just stop down. Let's Wong. talk about him for a minute. Yeah. Um, and then of course Ben Kingsley's in this too, which um, we'll get to. Ben also. Kingsley, yes, we'll definitely going to have some too. flattery talk. But uh, yeah, let's start there with uh, Tony Long. That guy. Uh, Win Wu, of course, Shang Chi's father. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that's where the movie starts. That's yeah. where the movie starts. That guy's amazing uh, as an actor, and apparently, I was not super familiar with him outside of watching kung fu movies. Uh, but yeah, he's a very, very big star. Oh, for sure. I mean, overseas, and they were very, very fortunate to get him. And uh, apparently, there was a lot of angst over the dialogue for him. Like, what are we going to write? What are we going to have this guy say? He's already said so much. No, he and he did a great job of being like just almost sinister, but while still being paternal, just yeah. really oddly motivated. And you knew that you knew it was the power there. There was there was a lot to work with I, there. He yeah. did a great job with it. I would say Zhu Wenwu is probably the most well-rounded villain we've had since Thanos. Oh. Easily, yeah, because he's not just being evil to be evil. Right. He actually has justifications he's for his motivated. actions. You see why it he's comes up it co- like they bury it later in the middle of the movie. But like he's like he has justification for why he's doing the things he's doing. A fully fleshed out villain with believable back structure. Yes, very believable. So he's a little where the movie starts out. We're not going to go scene by scene, but we will kind of go beat by beat just to make, get us through. What a great opening fight yeah. scene. 
What um, a great get you in your seat. Make sure that popcorn's good. Get a couple mm-hmm. sips of sugar in you, and then you're like, holy cow. You talking about the bus fight? I'm talking no, about no, we're, before that, that. We're talking about Zhu Wenwu getting the Ten Rings and uh, seeing the back history and the, of him conquering kingdoms and doing stuff throughout history. Yeah, they start with and, the lore, yeah. Yeah, and all the lore of the Ten Rings and what they are and what they allowed him to do. But it was pretty cool in this opening scene. Like they show you right up the bat, because like I don't think anybody knows what the ten rings are capable of. Mm-hmm. Like it's in the title. Okay, cool. There's going to be ten rings here. Right. But then we see Wen Wu, and he takes out an army with bracelets. Like mm-hmm. I know Scotty's on record saying this is. I don't know if well, I don't know if it's on record officially. But in our friend conversations, you have said that the ten rings are one of the coolest weapons ever in the Marvel universe. So, and I've I've gone on record on this podcast. One of my favorite things about the MCU are the utter unique ways that special weapons are used. Um, I think about the Falcon from Falcon the Winter Soldier. The wings are, I mean, they're shields. They are braces for him to stand up to a punch. Mm -hmm. They are more than just wings. And I think to call them just bracelets, I think is a massive uh, understatement. And that's one of the brilliant things I loved about this movie was all the different ways that the rings are used and they're used different ways by different people depending on what their motivations were. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes they are bracers uh, as you're deflecting a punch. Sometimes they are steps for you to vault off of take to Uh, the skies. Sometimes they are reins uh, to control an animal with Uh, sometimes they are whips and their chains. They're so much more than just bracelets. And I think one of the things that Marvel does really well in all of my favorite Marvel movies is finding new ways to use a shield, uh, to find new ways to use what kind of uh, uh, normal-looking weapons uh, in new and inventive ways. I just I loved it. One it's, of my favorite parts. It's so versatile, absolutely. And then you get, like I said, this opening scene, it opens up, you get to see him take out an entire army trying to find this mystical place of Tao Lo that's full of mystical creatures. He's like, this is the, the heaven of what I'm after, or this is the Sierra Madre, and so... That's where he goes, but as cool as the Ten Rings are, they are no match for Ying Li, who we see as well in this movie. Yes, the Guardian of Tao Lo. And she's like, this whole scene here was very, it reminded reminded me of almost an anime in a lot of ways. Because you have the the two characters there, and what are you doing here? You may not pass, and then they start fighting, and then they fall in love while they're fighting. Because of course they do. But it's that's yes. so anime <laughs> to me. I, I mean, but we had the wire work, and we had yeah, the slow motion, and the beautiful, and the effects, and, and the crouching tiger, hidden dragon yep. kind of stuff going yeah, on. Yeah, see, that's where I went with it. Very much crouching so. tiger, hidden dragon, no, no problem hero, yeah, uh, man with the golden mask, It was all meant that kind to feel stuff. epic. It was meant yep. to take us back to the big dynasty it movies was, of the old... It was ballet uh, cinema mm-hmm. more than an actual fight. Mm-hmm. And it was while we're uh, while we're here talking about fight scenes. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of the fight scene. And it's why I love Kung Fu movies. It's mm-hmm. why it's why we watch Jason Statham movies. Yeah. yeah. Uh, because we love fight scenes. And my favorite part about Shang-Chi in this whole movie is the honor and respect it pays to its roots, which, of course, is in. Uh, the Hong Kong cinema, yep. uh, the mm-hmm. Beijing Opera House, mm-hmm. the uh, Kung Fu martial arts, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Wei Shu kind of, of theater. And they do such a great job of giving homage to classical Kung Fu movies. And this mm-hmm. fight was a perfect example oh, of that. Oh, yes. Very much so. Hand gestures and just drawing a line in the, sa- you know, in the sand with your mm-hmm. foot and the... And the spinning around. Oh, yeah. She's super Tai Chi ah, with the poses and the fixed positions. Absolutely. That one extended shot of them falling in love mid-fight, though, is hilarious. Like, he's looking at her, and he's like, oh, you've got me in an arm lock. And she's like, yes, I do. It's like, oh, we're so cute together. Look how well we fight together. And it's in slow motion, so you can enjoy it longer. That's what you've been waiting for, isn't it, Mikey? A a young lady you can (laughs) fight with. Hey, if she can match my moves, and I got those rings, and she's got her mystical avatar airbender powers, I'm totally down. (laughs) (laughs) It was great. But that was all the setup. Then we get like the harsh cut, like that's mom and dad, I guess we're supposed to assume because they fall in love. We got mm-hmm. the harshest cut in the form of alarm clock, which is one of my favorite action movie tropes. 
you're somewhere, somewhere, somewhere jarring. I love that. It cracks me up. It's stereotypical. It is a tool that, that directors know and use, and every time it, it, it amuses me to no end. Now, I have a question for you guys. This is kind of throughout the movie, I guess, but are you fine with like his backstory being revealed in flashback form, or would you have just had them just go through? This is where some of my friends, even at this table, sometimes complain about uh, additional exposition in a movie and about how you get, I believe the phrase is info dump. I don't necessarily have a problem with it. I think it's definitely a choice. I, my, my takeaway is at least it wasn't a music montage. Yeah. I think it keeps its info dumps to a convenient minimum. Mm-hmm. Um, especially you were getting that a lot in a lot of the phase four movies of they're building whole new genres and taking us in all new places. Mm-hmm. One of my issues with the Eternals, hopefully we'll have a chance to talk about that soon, but I thought it did a great job with the moments when it does information dumps. Mm-hmm. For example, uh, when she's walking in front of the wooden mural telling about the, you know, we've sat here for thousands of years and this is the dark gate and this is what's behind it and all that, that wooden mural on the wall. I know it was all CGI, but I just kind of want to look yeah. at that all day. We'll get there. That's, but Kevin, but Kevin oh, did I jump no, ahead? No, no, it's yeah. fine. It's fine. We'll but, get there. We'll but get you're, there. you're saying you would wish they had done like all the olden time storylines all at once no, and then... I don't I don't oh, okay, wish sorry. I was just asking what everyone thought sure. um, part of when I do our assumptions I will actually look around and see what is out there on the internet what people's complaints are so mm-hmm. we can address things because we like to try and be positive and put positive spins on negative things and one of the negative criticisms I saw of this movie though there are very few was that some people didn't like how the flashbacks were interspersed in there to me, that seems like, do you not watch movies? Because yeah. flashbacks are kind of a way of revealing backstory. Do you not enjoy a training montage? I mean, that's half the fun sure. of a kung fu movie. I mean, you know what you're getting into. I yeah. thought they were well, well used in this movie. I thought they were well placed. They weren't overbearing. You didn't get beat about the head and shoulders with info. Right. The story moved along really quickly. This mm-hmm. was, I never thought, that's oh, true. God, how long has this been thinking along? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I never thought that, I and I thought the use of the flashbacks and bringing us back to momentary times for the appropriate amount and then getting us back on with the story. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really well done. It did a good job of showing us and not telling us Which we love. about the backstory. That's it. So yes, the alarm clock goes off and we're in the present day and we get to see now Sean, yes, the Sean. fellow Sean, which we had, at this point we haven't seen any backstory yet, so we're not even really sure who he is. He's the main character um, of the movie and he's okay, he's waking up. Yeah, and he's got... Kung Fu Hustle posters on the wall. Yes. And, you know, and I think an Outcast poster, right? Yeah. That's it. And, uh, and it's like some small apartment, and we find he's in San Francisco. But uh, sorry, I do have to chime in. They do show him going like through his workout routine oh, yeah, in the morning yeah, for to sure. show that, like, oh, he, he, he has discipline. He Knuckle push ups. Right. He's got that, that Bruce Lee looking body. That's it. The sparse, right. almost sparse apartment kind of. Yeah. I do too, but you can't see it because it's raining. <laughs> <laughs> so. It's buried under an extra layer yeah. of protection. That's fine. Right. We all have that body under our tubbiness. <laughs> oh, we'd make the best Kung Fu team. <laughs> and I kind of like the, this is a very fun, almost Marvel-y thing. Uh, maybe it's, well, yeah, I'm going to credit it to Marvel because I don't see it that often in other things where it's like, oh, yeah, this this is our main character. He must be, so, he's a valet? <laughs> right, right. He's he's kind of a nobody? No, it's the, it's the humble beginnings of the hero's journey. I think it's well, a trope. Yeah, it's definitely a trope. And of course, we get this is where we get to meet Aquafina. Yes, as um, Katie. As Katie, um, the funniest bottle of water you'll ever meet. That's right. <laughs> that's that's a hundred percent true. Yeah, she's. Is, am I the only one that gets bumped by her name being a bottle of water? I mean, that's her, the bit. Man. Yeah, her, her name, real name's like Helen or something like. Her that. her real name is Nora Lou. Nora. Helen. So why Nora. would you choose a bottle of water? It's, it's her. It, it's her name. It's, it's her, her rapper name. Yeah. It's her rapper name. Yeah. She it's literally she she lost her job at a respectable mm-hmm. place like literally the day after she released her YouTube video, and we won't get into that. But she they were like, yeah, yeah, you can't work here anymore. And she's like, fine, I'm Aquafina. I'm gonna she, do my know, thing. She, she had became two million hits she had a, that yep. said, you know, she, she had a viral. She's literally a viral video YouTube. Good for star. her. She's you know trumpet now, player, theater and now nerd. She's kid. got a major movie. Good yeah. for her. Well, I mean, and she's I been in other she's stuff. Be important. There's some future stuff that I've already talked she's, about. Yeah, she's been in other stuff. She's for a me, movie. just she was like this movie. Um, yes, just like Tony Long was a huge just highlight of this film. Yep. 
Uh, to me, Aquafina's beats through this, not not her rap beats. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be her bars. But uh, she was used very well. Yes. Her, she's a comic relief character. Who knew when to scream. Yeah, um, Marvel's really good at comic relief, I yep. think. They do a great job throughout all their films, and this is no exception. Aquafina was well used in it, um, made sense. The relationship she had with Sean was terrific. You could tell that they've known each other since they were kids, which oh, is man. what they're supposed to have known each other since like junior high or something like that. Great charisma, yeah. Um, and you could just tell. It came across. There was good chemistry. And one of the things that kept me into this movie was seeing those reactions that she had throughout. Of course, one of my one of my favorites was when she sees him without a shirt on. She's like... Hmm? At the Golden Daggers, <laughs> right? She had so many great physical comedy moments. Yeah. She and she proved in this movie and I, I I don't know about any of her previous work, but she proved in this movie she is definitely a physical comedian mm. and and she was great at it mm. and she had so many great facial expressions and looks and they gave her some of the best throwaway right. lines. Did you bet against me? And it was all <laughs> um, was, yes, uh, you uh, absolutely uh, no? know she betted against him yeah. through her body language alone. <laughs> yeah, right. That's... But that is a funny part cuz like this is a good Marvel movie in the sense that they have great dialogue. There are great punchlines. There are great beats. But Aquafina brings that extra level to it where there's a physicality to it. She really did. And you wouldn't necessarily associate that with the character, but oh, she, she's she got, delivers. Allow me to say this. She's got the same kind of combination of, of charm, uh, screen presence, physical comedy, and the liners as like a Paul Rudd, like Ant-Man got mm -hmm. some of the same qualities, yep. I felt like, because he was physical comedy in several yep. situations. Mm -hmm. yep. She's kind of got those same beats. Mm -hmm. Now, speaking of physicality, it's right after this that we get to me, which is, I mean, as far as action, kung fu, cinema, yeah. the the scene on the bus oh, yeah. is, is, is straight up, Hong Kong Kung Fu Jackie Chan. Yeah, John Woo stuff. Um, yeah. This that undeniable. Incredible. I, I loved every single moment of it and I wanted it more. More and more and more. Fantastic scene. One of my favorite uh scenes in the whole movie, that and the scaffolding fight. Yes. Yeah. This this scene's gonna get watched a lot because it, it it's gonna it might go on the list of well, there's a all time lot going great fight on in scenes. There. Mm -hmm. And there's so much homage. Uh, the guy who who the fight choreographer Andy Chang was part of the the Jackie Chan crew yeah. who did all those awesome Jackie Chan movies that we know Operation Condor and uh, Rumble in the Bronx. Right. Uh, Mr. Nice Guy. Yes. Um, the the whole jacket bit that he does. Yes, that the jacket fight, bit. Yes. That was That's an absolute. So Jackie Chan. It's not a move for move thing, but it's Jackie Chan yes. has done that fight that yes. move with the jacket yep. in half a dozen movies. Yep. And that was what it was supposed to be. It was supposed to be the homage to yep. that Jackie Chan style of fighting. I didn't even... I it, loved it. It makes so much sense that you're saying that because I didn't recognize, I didn't realize or know that it was the same fight choreographer for Jackie Chan, but I come to it from a, a different thing. There's a YouTube series out there called Every Frame of Painting, but that's just for background. But they do a thing on Jackie Chan to show why his movies are so much elevated over other like kung fu movies. Mm -hmm. And Marvel is doing that. They're taking these rules, and it's things like... You show the impact. You show the hits. Mm -hmm. You use the environment. Mm -hmm. uh, your hero gets trapped mm -hmm. in a jacket, mm -hmm. and they make you know mm -hmm. it's opportunities, and yes. that's all in this busing stuff. The movies I love, the kung fu movies, are from the same school. Again, you guys know me. I love me a good kung fu movie, and it really does. It's Marvel does kung fu. Yes, uh, and they did it right, mm -hmm. and they got the right people involved, mm -hmm. and. It worked beautifully. You and I, I loved it. Early on, talked about this movie, and you actually used the word lovingly. Like they lovingly applied uh, Marvelness to That's this, right. this trope, this this cliche. Because a lot of people might have rolled their eyes and thought, "Ooh, I don't know, can Marvel do it?" And holy cow! Yes. Well, well, I mean, part of it is the casting of. Of Simu Liu, absolutely, because th that's part of the Jackie Chan rule too. That's Jackie Chan fighting there, absolutely. It's not you don't put a stunt double in. That's right. Jackie Chan's doing it, so they that's got exactly a, right. They got a guy who could do it. You can and, actually do that back, right? Who could slide right. down the top of the bus, right. swing around on the mirror, exactly. and come through the window. And it could have been tempting for them because sometimes they're just going for. Who looks right? Sure. It could have just know? been some good-looking schmo, and then we'll yeah. CGI all the rest. Right. No. This guy not only had the mugs for it, he mm -hmm. had the chops to pull yep. it off. Yep. And he's and charming. Abs. And yep. he's a great actor. Yeah. 
I just can't believe they found an actor with an actual sword for an arm, though. Right. Oh, what are the odds? <laughs> you know, Laser well, saw fist. the credits. It says Razor Fist, played by Razor, Razor Fist. Got a scar with his name yeah, on it. Yeah, that's good oh stuff. Sorry, we can't talk about him yet. We're not there yet. Razor no, fist. he was there on that there fight. He's he on the bus. There. He was yes, on the bus. A little stump for an arm. He was on uh, the bus. Good old Razor Fist. He's a, a bit of a punchline even in the comic books. Yes. He's been around for a long time, but he's never been that important. But uh, he was a great character, a lot of fun that you have with, and he's got lots of multiple different attachments. In the comic book, he actually has two. Oh, okay. Uh, razor fist, and mm. there's even a joke. It's like, how does he put his pants on? Right. <laughs> oh, I'm sure funny. the action figure comes with all the attachments. Right. Oh. How does he pick his nose? Yeah, all those things. So what was happening in this bus fight is that Katie and Sean are on the bus to go to work, and then here comes the Ten Rings, Dad's Ten Rings army. Henchmen. The henchmen. They're called the Ten Rings. Not I like to be your pendant. with the actual Ten Rings, who are after a pendant he's wearing that he got from his dad, that, or from his mom, actually, mm-hmm. um, that we see in a flashback. And this, <laughs> this is where we get flashbacks, where we see Sean as Shang-Chi as a, as a kid. Um, we see... His interactions with his dad and his mom. Yep. Uh, we eventually see his mom gets murdered by the, what was that band of? The Iron Gang. Iron Gang, yep. The opposition to the Ten Rings yes. organization. Uh, because when Wen Wu and Ying Li mm-hmm. decided to settle down, she would give up her guardianship of the um, other dimension, this magical world, and he would give up the rings. That's great lore, yes. And that's what they did. But... Because of all the eons of stuff that the Ten Rings organization had done, he had lots of enemies. And one of the enemies was the Iron Gang. And they finally caught up to him and murdered his wife. So then he's like, all right. It's back on. It's back on. Let's pull the rings out. And I'm going to train my son to become the next bearer of the rings. Such a great training montage. And my daughter can go... Whatever, because girls can't fight, apparently, according to... a uh, thing. You got to look back yep, at... You yep. know. Well, he is like thousands of years old, right. too. Yep. So I guess give him a break, even though he's a bad guy. But, I mean, it makes sense. Right. It makes sense. And they still give the female character some agency because she learns it despite yeah. all of it. Because she of learns course it, she does. She learns it in the shadows. stories, they always would. That's Kung Fu. Yeah. So we get to see him uh, training and, like, punching a... Like a Punch and stump. It was a punch and stump. <laughs> it, was a, it, was a, it was a pole in the house. Yeah. It was just, punch and pole. It was a punch it, it, it and pole. It seemed to be a major support in the house, too. And so the guy with the co- his, like, trainer was some guy in a kabuki mask. Yep. Who was, that did not pay off. All right. Time out. Um, time out. <laughs> the guy in the kabuki mask, yes. that's Death Dealer. And that didn't Death pay. Dealer's from the comic books, and he's got a mm-hmm. similar mask. And didn't, and didn't he's, so we never, he's yeah, big, nobody didn't knew off. that. Well, he, he got his soul well, and that didn't he, pay off. he got his soul sucked. Yeah, and he still died didn't for, pay right. off. Still That's, didn't that pay was off. the problem I had well, with it. Was I was like, off. this character was underutilized. Yep. I wanted I it to be the mom I, or whatever. No, I was like, it's going to be somebody underutilized. It's his other sister. So in the comic books. Death Dealer is the kind of the right hand head henchman for Fu Manchu. Yeah, yeah, Marvel from right. the seventies yeah, yeah. was not that uh, culturally adept, and Fu Manchu was actually Shang's father. Oh, okay, in the comic books. No. okay. So, not, yes, they pulled some things not from Wen Wu from the comic book. It was not Wen Wu. It was who, Fu Manchu who we in the turn, comic books. We eventually find out is Mandarin. Is Mandarin? They named him after an orange, or they named the thread after an orange. That's such a great line, so but. Shang-Chi's uh, no. weapon was not originally the Ten Rings either in the comic books. Oh, okay. Yeah. His main thing was like, he was Kung Fu Master and he could channel his chi. No. He ah. was a big channel focus. That's why his chi. name is Shang-Chi? That's why his ah. name was Shang-Chi. He would focus his chi. It was a, the character was invented in 1972. So he's not, again, It's if you go back and look at a lot of the more ethnically quote-unquote, diverse characters from the 70s. Yes. They were more characters. Than it's such the Marvel sure. thing, though, to put their power in their name or let you, like, just give a character a name and be like, oh, you know what right. this person does. Right. Kind of hilarious. Iron Man. He's... <laughs> That's it. Oddly enough, one of the creators of Shang-Chi was Jim Starlin. You might remember Jim Starlin. Mm-hmm. He had a cameo in a support group. Is the creator of Thanos. Yeah, yeah. He was the artist who created Thanos, and he did a cameo. In I do remember Endgame. that. So yeah. because of this fight on the this awesome bus fight, which is just if you just just go see the movie for the bus fight and 
you can. You can fine. leave right after yeah, that. You got your money's worth. You did stay get, around. For no, the no stay with this Kathleen. No, stay. Yeah, so Sean is like, was like, oh no, they they are after the pendant. My sister has one of these pendants. I got to go find her and make sure she's okay. And, and the whole time, Aquafina's like, "What? Who are you, yeah. pendant sister? Yeah, right? What? I'm coming with you. You can tell me on the plane." He's like, "Uh, you can tell me on the plane." So great. Yes. And that that was a great. I really that interaction on the plane. With the stewardess, well, with and everybody them. and them, yeah. yep. and I mean, it's so who's on first, and it's yeah. so simple. <laughs> but it, I was laugh, I was giggling. It was I'm so funny you. to me. What was, she, she, she's like, Wait a minute, your name is Shang Chi, and you changed your name to Sean. With Sean, Sean, He was like, oh, look. he's like, come on, I was fourteen years right. old. She was like, Sean. Sean, Sean, you're Sean, Sean. This isn't helping. This, I'm, yeah, I'm going. I'm, it's, it's, I'm putting my music. Yeah, it's it like if, if your name is Michael and you came back and just went as Mitchell. That <laughs> <laughs> was kind of. It was very good. And a point for the flashbacks, like they tie the flashbacks in so that when the flashback ended, it was part of their conversation they were having on the plane. I right. mean, they planned it perfectly. Yes. Naysayers. <laughs> so. They find his sister in an underground fight club in Macau. Where, Macau. Where's Macau? Macau. Didn't we decide it's an it's in, island, it's an uh, island off, of China. off the Pearl River? It's kind of its own thing, like mm, Hong it's Kong. It's kind of like is. Hong Kong a little bit. Leftover from uh, the uh, kingdom and stuff. It's, but it seems like the same kind of area that the power broker was in from Falcon and the Winter Soldier. You know, it seems almost like it's a made up place. It does have that. Absolutely. Feel. Yeah. In fact, uh, I believe it's not far from Madripoor, which is the made-up place. Made up. Yeah. Oh, so it is. So it right. is a real place. It is. Macau is a real call place. Me, yes. Madripoor. Call me uncivilized is not a real place. or unworldly. I don't know what to call it. Unworldly. Yeah. Yeah. I just because I'm like, oh, Madripoor is fake. Yeah. So is this place fake? Yeah. If somebody handed me a dart and said pointed at Macau, I'd be like, uh, where? I would. Isn't that the parrots with the thing yeah, on the right, top of their right. head that comes up when they get excited? Yeah, that's right. a cockatiel. Oh, that's a macaw. Macaw. <laughs> macaw. Wait, no, that's still macaw. Not yeah, <laughs> still no one's right yet. All right, can, can we please <laughs> just talk about Macau socials. and what happens in Macau? The golden daggers, people. It's kind of monkey. There's a fight oh, ring. Right. There's a fight ring, oh, and we so meet. Good. Wong. Yeah. He's in a now, fight club. And the, abomin- the, uh, the abomination. The abomination. And the abomination. Okay, thank you. I'm getting higher as we talk yeah, about it. It's so exciting. I believe Scott has something to tell us about And all they this. weren't, they, they were, they were totally like, it's supposed to be like this place where death matches happen, but those two had an agreement and it was, they're basically, you know, WWEing it. Yeah. They were working the. And uh, whatever the guy's name is, Tony Dallas or whatever, they, whatever the guy is, who John John, him, their handler, John John, who meets him coming out. Of the oh, right, right, is awesome. Mm. He is hilarious. And that whole walkthrough, there is several Easter eggs. Yeah. I don't know if you what caught you it as you're walking in, and I leaned over to you when yeah. we were watching the other night. I was like, "There's an uh, there's an extremist dude right there. Right, he's yeah. all glowing and Saw the dude getting hot. And I've, I will give full props to Screen Rant. I read he's fighting a Black Widow. Oh, the glowing, okay. the glowing shirtless guy is fighting yeah. a black widow. Right on. So I didn't notice that the first run through, but yeah, I went back and watched that. Yeah, there's he's fighting a black widow. That's that's happening in there. And then there's the abomination. Yeah, who looks an awful lot still like Tim Roth. It's amazing. Isn't abomination from DC though? Like, no, isn't that the no. whole? Oh, the abomination no. yeah. was from the Ed Norton Hulk. That's bad, what it is. Yeah, okay. And it's the, and the it's the that character Hulk from the bad. Gamma stuff or whatever. That's it was. right. Because they couldn't get the formula right, but they were going to do it anyway. And then not Stryker, who is still Stryker, who, right? Whatever that actor's name is. Tim Roth. No, the general. <laughs> who's been the same Thunderbolt actor. Ross. Who's been the same actor. Yeah, Ross, who's been the same William actor. William Hurt. Yeah, William Hurt, who's been in like a half a dozen movies now. But now I want to know how character. I want to know how Wong and Abomination got together because, like Kevin is saying, they have a deal. Like it's WWF yeah. now. Like, hey, we're gonna go through the theatrics, pull your punches. Otherwise, I'm gonna punch you real hard. Well, maybe Wong Great was beat. helping him deal with his, uh, you know. But why? Anxiety. There's a mystery. Yeah, Catman do. Maybe, uh, maybe Wong's <laughs> trying to make some money on the side to buy himself a tuna fish sandwich. Yeah, Wong's got a life, man. I mean, we know. Mm-hmm. It's not just always hanging out and guarding the library books. And it is a cool fight, but it's not as cool as the fight that uh, Simu Liu, uh, Shang-Chi, has with his sister, who he's looking for. And her how, hair. How convenient. Yeah. 
They're both in you the. You had both a in the real pit. issue with the hair. You know what? The, you know what though? The internet has a problem with our hair. Good, because I am not the only one who thinks that her hair looks uh-huh. like a Lego set. Piece. Yes, a Lego block. Um, I, and and I said it, and I will identify with this, and I don't mean it in any way, shape, or form. And anyone who knows me outside of this podcast understands. I am saying this nothing but for the levity. But her hair is racist. I have heard it called racially insensitive hair and on I, the internet I'm too. Sure, she's a. a Brilliant and great silly. Chinese actress, and she's an attractive woman. She could have had any hair but that. Mm-hmm. That's my hang-up. That's it. Really? That, just, well, that, that hair is me, It almost took me out of the character. It's not that it's insensitive. It's almost that it's, like, distracting. Like, like what if one of the characters had shown up with a Charlie Chaplin uh, mustache and, and heavy eyebrows and funny you glasses? Can't compare I'm not saying it's that. Adolf Hitler saying, ruined that no, mustache, the Charlie I'm Chaplin just mustache. That it's, like, almost that jarring. No. Because it's, like... She's got the straight at bangs all. and the straight down. It could have been anything else. And we saw 900 other examples of what beautiful Asian wo- women looked like in that movie with great hair. But just that sister's haircut really kind of took me out of it. And I'm I learning something took, for the first yeah. today I learned. It's it's also cheap Hollywood tactics. Like if you want to show somebody that's like severe and cold and sort of cut off, you give them the severe cold haircut. Sure there it's, not gonna, it's not going to look good, but... It does give you that first impression. It was distracting. That's all. I just want to be on file saying it, it didn't. Was it didn't bother me at all. <laughs> Kevin, your position? Oh, I'm. I mean, I don't like that kind of haircut, but whatever. Yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> I wasn't sitting there like you know throwing flags around like Brad and some oh, of the I internet was. was. I was so angry. No. Yeah, her hair really bumped you. It did. A lot. <laughs> okay, might have to take away a slice for haircuts in this movie. I know, right? Oh, the hairdresser's not getting any pizza. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh man! But they're um, not—they're not in cahoots like Wong and Abomination. Yeah. They are at odds. They are yeah. actually fighting each other. What's she going on? They're fight. supposed to be brother and sister. I know. Well, she does not seem happy to see him. Not at all. It's like you left me there. And we and, find and out unlike why, in some right. Marvel movies, these siblings actually have a reason to fight. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. She's <sighs> really angry. Very angry. Because she abandoned him. Yeah. Very clear motivations. Loved it. But Daddy's home. Do do do. There's a raid. Warriors come out and play. There's a warrior poster in the background yes, of one of those there scenes. Was. But there that's was definitely. This, that's this whole club and and then the bad guys come a calling. Yep, the the Ten Rings group comes and attacks, and this time they brought Daddy with them. Oh, yeah. And his kabuki, and it's a yeah, whole dealer. big chase scene and trying to get out. But oh, the scaffolding in, fight. In order to get away, we have to go to the scaffolding. Which mm-hmm. is another classic trope, yeah. which is great and handled so well. I thought they did such a great job with mm-hmm. it. I agree. And you've got your screaming Aquafina hanging off a thing, and you've got your hero trying to do the right thing, mm-hmm. and you've got all the minions, and... Of course, the sister pops back up and saves the day a little bit. It was all very well handled. Mm-hmm. Yeah, scaffolding fight is definitely a kung fu trope. Um, Absolutely. Which I wonder, are we really still using only bamboo to build scaffolding in uh, major metropolitan areas? not, but you know. I'm not that worldly. But it makes for a great plot device because, man, I'm going to tell you one thing. If I ever, one thing kung fu has taught me, if I ever say, somebody tells me to go work on bamboo scaffolding, no, thank you. No, no, no. I mean, no. none of those boards are fixed. None of them are solid, and everything uh, can fall apart real easy. So, <laughs> one thing sapling fights have taught me, but this fight taught me that they were doing it right. It's so fun. There's so many acrobatics, and again, very Jackie Chan, the way he weaves in and out and swings and gymnast all over those things. He uses I the love set it. pieces. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, it's a great fight. But ultimately, Zhu Wenwu. Wins, of course, he's and, dead, and captures or reunites his family. In his mind, he's reunited his family. In their mind, they've been captured. Yeah, they think they're captured, but like, there's this whole subplot of the postcard, and he thought the brother and sister, you know, Shang Chi and uh, Xiling and Shang Chi thought, you know, they thought they were communicating with each other, but it's their dad, and he's got them all together to reunite for the family purpose, which is crazy and silly and weird. Yeah, the, f- the and third act. Yeah, he needed the he needed those two pendants they had because those are actually dragon eyes. Yep, that go into a dragon because statue of are. that reveals a map, a water map to the place where Mama's from, the, the mystical ma- dimension, magical Ta- Taolo. Taolo. Right. 
That was crazy, though. That whole water scene and the water shooting out of the dragon, and it's all abstract, and mm. then makes the fire maze with the path through the forest. Oh, very incredible. Very cool CGI. Showing off. That's right. You have to be in the pocket. Yep. So Zen Wu says, like, this map's going to take us there, and that's because that's where your mom is, and she's been imprisoned, and I'm going to free her, and we're all going to be a big happy family again. And she's been talking to me behind this prison yes. wall into my brain, and that's I'm right. having hallucinations, and you am know, I crazy? And dead for 50 years, but mm-hmm. still, or, or whatever it is, and 10 years, yes. however long. And then the kids are like, Dad, you've kind of lost it. And he goes, okay, you can go into the dungeon then. <laughs> yep, to the dungeons with you. And to the dungeon, where he finds... Friends. For me, one of the highlights of the whole movie, really? outside of the fight scenes, Trevor Slattery. Really? That's on the highlights? Sure. Absolutely. This is where we part ways because this is where the train hit a penny oh. and derailed this movie for me. Really? Really. You didn't like Trevor Slattery? This whole third act, I'm telling you right now. Go for it. This whole third act. I was act. waiting for this to come up because I knew there was something about this that you didn't like. This whole third act. Okay. Well, this is not the third act. Well, it's the We're beginning of the, the. It's the setup. To this it. was the. This was the crack. This was the. So the callback. This, this to... was where. This was where it started getting shaky yeah. to me. I was like, "What's going on? Why is there a dog with two butts and wings here all of a sudden? A chicken pig. Yeah, <laughs> chicken pig. <laughs> I, that whole scene where he realizes that pig. others can see him besides him." Really made it for that me. That was genius. And yeah. he's like, he was so relieved. And he yes. was just like, oh, you can see him too. I know they were trying to do a thing. I know they were trying to be like, oh, this is why this guy was the Mandarin before. Because he was in, impersonating when. What I didn't get is like, well, he was going to kill me. But then I performed for him. So he, it Nuncle, didn't. Nuncle, Nuncle. He it, did some Shakespeare. It Come didn't on. make. He did Hamlet. It okay. Hamlet. Everything I've seen from Zhu Wenwu through this entire thing. I get it. Yeah, he would have still killed him. He would have killed him. He doesn't seem the he doesn't theatrical. Seem the, he doesn't seem the type that would be like, sure, oh, sure. ha ha ha, no sentimental. Why would he no, keep the, the I don't think Win Wu just kills indiscriminately. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was a talented thespian. Uh, no, there. If, now, if he was dressed like a jester, if he was humiliated, and maybe a dwarf, yeah, or just yeah, or maybe something dwarf sized. I could, I could well, see it. would be door sized. I'm just saying, if he was dressed like a jester or, or something. Really far away, but I don't know. I didn't. I, I was like, "What is he doing?" I, I didn't know what was happening anymore. I okay. literally didn't know what was happening. Do you do you not remember it who he is? Me, and what he's doing? And it threw me out of this movie harder than the Lego hair did for Brad. Okay. <laughs> so it doesn't the the callback to the Mandarin plot from Iron Man. I understand what I understand. I understand what they were doing. I think they did it. Poorly. You just don't understand why Zen Wu would have kept him yeah. alive. Or I think they did it poorly. Stuff, right? I think they did it poorly. The whole, like, I'm a great Shakespearean actor, so he kept me around. Like I said, if he was down there dressed like a jester, humiliated, being like, this is what Zen Wu thought would be funny, is that he pulls me out every once in a while and makes me dance around. And that makes more sense you know for the I mean? Zen Wu character because he does know the whole Mandarin subplot. Like, he's aware of what they try to do. Right. So now if he's in control of this puppet and he's making him dance for his own amusement, that's yes. definitely in the Zen Wu well, I'll meet you somewhere halfway in between because my thinking was that he was keeping around because he felt like he'd be useful yes. for something. You know, okay. whether to well. pull him back out and have be the plot. But I was charmed by the character. I was charmed by all the interactions. I loved that stupid mm-hmm. butt-faced dog. So Morris, I could say that this right. is only the first. Get ready, let's keep going because I got plenty. All right, this, I can't wait. This third well, act. Allegedly, when the director called Ben Kingsley, Ben Kingsley, he's like, "Hold on, just a minute." Put the phone down. Came back on the phone. Method acted. Trevor Slattery, <laughs> because Ben Kingsley was so excited to come back. Okay, and play so, the character. So this is what I'm saying. Okay, then you've answered it for me. This is a I can't tell Ben Kingsley not to do that thing sure. because I'm a, he's Sir Ben Kingsley he was he Gandhi sir, and I'm yeah. some lowly director Gandhi. so <laughs> you know what I have to say buck up you're the director it's your movie uh, make it make sense maybe you underestimate the greatness of Sir Ben Kingsley I don't underestimate the greatness but Trevor Slattery uh, is a great role he still could have been Trevor Slattery but as long as he has the last name Slattery I'm biased to this character because it's my last name it's and I never see in a movie so I, I have uh, my, I my two censors swayed so Anyway, they run into Trevor Slattery, and he's got the double-butted winged thing that knows its way to that knows its way to the secret special village where Mom is from. Yeah, it knows the way through the maze and the timing yeah. of how to do it. And they think they can get there before 
Zhu Wenwu does, because Zhu Wenwu has to wait for a specific time, because the map says yeah, there's this a time and holiday day. that they're supposed yeah. to Quin Jung, but the the something all massacre. The wing dog wise. pig can get them there first. Yes. So they go, and we get a wait. Hold on. I'm curious. Did you actually what what did you call it again? Wing, wing dog pig. Wing dog pig. Yeah, I don't know. Did you is that is that on your your notes there? No. That, did you write down wing dog pig? The winged dog that's, pig. That's pretty good though. That's what it looks like. Pig. Um, like what did you call it earlier? Pig chicken. Chicken pig is what Aquafina calls it in the movie. <laughs> chicken pig. Chicken I like pig. I like furry chicken pig. Furry chicken pig. So then uh, we get this whole they're going through the forest and it's like this is this is my problem with the whole third act and we'll talk about it all the way through. You took what was like a lovingly done Hong Kong karate film mixed with Marvel stuff. Like a Jackie Chan, like a Rumble in the Bronx. suddenly it turned into Harry Potter mixed with Avatar mixed with the third act of Wonder Woman. Okay. And, uh. and I was like, what's happening right now? There's so much stuff that didn't make any sense to me anymore. And I think all of it could have been... There are so many Jackie Chan movies that have third acts. True. Big third acts. And they could have done it like one of those and kept it a martial arts movie and still had it be a Marvel movie. There were so many things. Like once they get to the village, mm-hmm. first of all, suddenly it's Avatar. There's all all these CGI creatures <laughs> everywhere. It's, and food dogs. Right? Right, right. So sure. Tao Lo is, a, is like a pocket dimension. It's fine, not, that's great. Sure. Okay, fine. Did you say that when Doctor that Strange fought Dormammu? The... Because so, that, looked, that looked weird. Well, I mean, okay, fine. <laughs> I'll give you that. Here's that. That's not my biggest worry about this. My biggest worry is is that it's not a worry. It's just what you do to my kung fu movie when Zhu and Wu. They so they show up right, and then we ca- and, and we get to meet Michelle Yeoh's character, right, Auntie, Auntie, right, and and that's great and everything. And all the villagers are armed and ready to fight, but she's like, no, this is my nephew, this is my niece, and their friend, and this guy, and this chicken pig, butt dog, and and. Fine. Okay. Whatever. The, we kind of have like a, oh, we got to get ready because Zuan Wu's coming and there's something behind the gate over there. Yeah, some yeah, sort of hell like, now. Oh, yeah, there's the evil portal right? way over there. There's the evil we portal way over there. So Zuan Wu shows up, right? Yeah. With these like Humvees or whatever, you know, little, or Land Rovers or whatever, part. right? And then the, all the guys that get out, we've been seeing these guys like training with Kung Fu and hoi, hoi, hoi. And like, Navy SEALs get out. <laughs> like they're guys in full battle armor, but they inst- were ninjas. But instead of they were they were twenty ninjas. They had helmets. Twenty twenty and four space crossbows. But they, yeah, they, they had space crossbows. Yeah, that's what I'm yeah. saying. They look like they should have had like AR-15s, but they all had space crossbows. Yep. And it didn't make any sense to me. And then the, then the villagers are there, and they're like, "We have dragon things." And then all of a sudden, it's like the Wakanda fight. And I'm like, "What is going on right now?" <laughs> I've seen kung fu movies. Where the, they, this could have been handled so differently, right? It could sure. have been handled so much better. And then, like, Dad goes to break down the gate, and then like soul sucking things come out, and I'm like, "What is going on well, yeah, in this I mean, movie you right now?" Like the did whole, you, you did you not like the see the whole the... when when Auntie walked down the mural? Yes, I saw Auntie walk down. I talked about sure. and how yep. cool like, the carving thing is. All of that stuff is fine. I don't have any problems but it, it with the sets up all of that. I don't have any problems with the spirit of the dragon. I don't have any problem with like the evil dragon thing or whatever it is being behind the gate. I don't have any problems with that. I have problems with stuff that was bumping me and stuff that took away my kung fu movie. Right? Mm. So Why? fantasy took away your kung fu movie. It got it got too <laughs> fantastical for you. Yeah, it did. No, it, it did. Because I, I still think you could have done a lot of that stuff, but I don't know why we needed the Wakanda fight with like the guys with the crossbows and the, the villagers. I would have been much more satisfied with, if it was this. This is what would have made this movie good for me, and now I, I'm going to rewrite stuff. Bring it. I think that Zhu Wenwu should have showed up with all these karate guys. Like they don't got weapons, trained assassins, whatever, or they have like hand to hand weapons. They had those glowy sticks. Yeah, or they have hand to hand I think all of the villagers should have been innocent villagers who don't know how to do junk. And a little right? seven samurai kind of and thing. Only, comes on. And only, and only, yeah. and, but that's the whole point of the auntie being the protector. She's the protector of those innocent people. I now, this is what I think should have happened. I think that in order to keep Shang-Chi busy, all of those ninjas should have been fighting Shang-Chi while the dad went to the gate. 
to keep him busy. So we would have had the awesome, one of those awesome kung fu things where he's surrounded by guys and they're coming in. We get one of those Jackie Chan, one of those Bruce Lee third act things where he's having to fight all these different guys. And so, uh, uh, uh. meanwhile, we get Michelle Yeoh goes and tries to ward off dad. There you go. You know, so we get another, a replay kind of of that fight with the mom, but it's with Zenwu and the sister this time. Right. Right. But he bests her somehow. So, you know, so once Shang-Chi is done with the guys, he's like, oh, no, I got to go help out Auntie. And then he goes and fights Dad. Fine. There you go. Aquafina learns Arrow in one day and can and able. No. If you want to make <laughs> her. If you want the writers having to keep her if, busy. If you want, no. If you want to make her a hero, when Zhu Wenwu knocks Auntie into, like, into the water, she's like, oh, no. And she jumps in and saves her because... I would believe that she was a lifeguard in high school more than I believe she can suddenly be an archer. So she can save her out of the water, give her mouth to mouth. She saves Auntie. She's a hero. There we go. See? We still it's still a kung fu movie. It would work she, out. Are you saying maybe it's, she was a, a lifeguard because her name's Aquafina? Yeah, is that is that the connection? And if so, that's racially insensitive. What? <laughs> water. Water? They did it's give water. her a lot of setup yes. for being good at driving, though. That was pretty awesome. Yeah. Right. See? They did set that We're up. Busting down stereotypes here. I just, I, I, there was, it seemed like there was too many, I had to jump you to have a too valid many conclusions. Concern, absolutely. And they took away my kung fu movie. It suddenly turned into a big CGI power fest. Gotcha. All the, right. The power leveling w- was crazy. I don't know what was going on with those soul suckers. Like you said, the Kabuki guy who I thought would be a factor, yeah. he should have been like the guy that Sean had because this was the guy who used to beat the crap out of him when he was a kid. He should have been the Absolutely. main third act villain that he had to defeat right. before and he, he defeated his dad. Dies off screen. But yeah, he practically dies off screen. It was a waste of that character. All right. Now is the part of your argument that I might actually agree with. I think this final battle suffers from the same thing that a lot of Marvel movies do, and that is big super CGI when, hey, here's On your left, guy. Captain. And then here's a new big guy. You know, this was uh, happened in the Avengers, Battle for New York, where we're fighting Loki, but then suddenly we're fighting the Chitauri, and they do this kind of super bad guy swap, which I agree with you. Not the best play, and again, I feel like we've been there and done that before. But I thought it did a great job bringing Shang-Chi, Shang-Chi in front of his father to face, a, right. face his father. Uh-huh. Yes, that should have happened. And I happened. think that should have been, that was the main conflict. Yes. It wasn't between auntie and father. It was between right. Shang and father. Well, he would have got there. I've said auntie was just, while he was busy defeating Kabuki Mask Guy and the minions. Yep. So we get more kung fu. You of all people should want more kung fu. I wanted more kung fu. It turned into a... Uh, it turned into a CGI fest. A, a Wakanda, Battle of Wakanda thing. Again, it was another Battle of Wakanda thing. Well, I've seen that already. I don't need to see that again. What I hadn't seen is what I'd seen in the first two acts. Awesome, respectful kung fu. Now, if you want to do kung fu with like power-ups, they kind of did that when the mom and the dad fought. Mm-hmm. So keep doing stuff like that. And this is how you could have upped it, in my mind. How cool would have this have been? Hire me, Marvel. <laughs> what if... Like the evil dragon, what was it called? The, the right, the gate. Whatever. What's the guy behind the, the gate? The one who dwells in darkness. Yeah. What if the one who dwells in darkness? So Zen Wu Wu, he releases that thing, right? Then the spirit dragon comes up because the great protector. Earlier in my thing, the aunt had fallen down in there, and Aquafina goes down to get her, and then the dragon pulls them both up. Ha! Huh, see, there she's you go. still a hero. The dragon arrives, and because she's the protector of the villagers who are helpless which makes way more sense because they need a protector. And then this is what I would want. The bad dragon and the evil dragon are fighting while Shang and his dad are fighting. And it's blow. It's, but it's blow by blow. Like who's ever doing better, so is the dragon. Ah. So you get this parallel thing of they are the dragons <laughs> and the dragons are them. It's so thematic. It would be super thematic. So you could have your CGI fest in the, with the dragons. Go have your CGI fest, but then give me... Kung Fu fighting with the rings and stuff, which we got some of, but eventually we got him driving on the dragon like Falcor, and it got all crazy. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, Falcor. That was absolutely the Falcor. Is that when I leaned over to you in the movie and asked, what was the name of the dragon? Yes, yeah, that, that was me. That, that was, was me. okay. It, I leaned over to somebody and said, what was it? Because I couldn't quite bring Falcor to the tip of my lips. This movie drove me as crazy as Wonder Woman did, because Wonder Woman was going great for, through the first two acts, and then it was suddenly <laughs> it like, went to and then it was suddenly so like, we, what is going on right now? The power, <laughs> like, it turned up to like, they were like, they're like, oh, wait, oh, 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 no, this is a Marvel movie. Oh, whoa, whoa, quick, do something. Okay, no? so so you're saying it would have been better if Shang-Chi was a one-man versus an entire army. That would be more believable for you. Yeah, because that parallels what his dad used to be. Well, but his dad had an army behind him. Right, but Shang-Chi's supposed to be better than that. He's he's still arguing for the same results of how the movie yeah the resolves the movie resolves it's just d- different approaches to how you get there like have the aunt be more involved have the kabuki guy be more involved right have exactly. Aquafina be more involved than an archer but make it less of an a archer with no training make it less of a supernatural super weapon army versus a super weapon army Wakanda style like you said and make it more like a of more kung fu more hand to hand more personal yes. more intimate yes exactly so thank a, you a Mikey. lot of what you want to take out is is going to be a lot of the nods to the Chinese mythology. And no, I, there could still of, be dragons there. There could still be food dogs there. There could still be all that stuff walking around. That's fine. But having the villagers just be helpless has nothing to that has nothing to do with Chinese mythology. Again, helpless I'm, villagers I'm, has more to do with kung fu movies than anything. Helpless villagers are such a trope in kung fu movies. Seven Samurai, Brad called it. That's why I said helpless villagers, and then the hero coming to save them from the evil warlord is so kung fu. But instead, we got like Wakanda people. We really did, and 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 the whole point is is that the mother was the protector of the land, and now the aunt's the protector of the land. Why did those people even need protectors? They were all like superheroes themselves. Just the power level was turned up to like eleven. On everything, all of a sudden. That's true, and it didn't make it didn't make any sense. And why were those guys training for so long with hand to hand stuff when they had body armor and magic crossbows? I, I I can't defend the the space crossbows. Yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> I, I don't know where those came from, other than I guess the modern army needs more than electric sticks. Uh, I I get I'm I. I, I I hear you, Kevin, that there is, it is a little bit of a disconnect. It's not completely justified, but I think with all the weapons and all this sort of leveling up, it is to manage power creep. They did a kind of okay job setting it up in that the first scene in this movie is army versus army. It is the supernatural. Like, that's the first thing we see in this movie. It does get into a more urban, like, real-life Shang-Chi and Katie are just valet drivers, and all of a sudden they know Kung Fu, but... They set us up with a supernatural in the beginning to show that it does exist. So they bring it back for the third act. I like this, but I can see where it might be too much or trying to do too many things. To me, this is, they're trying to honor all Kung Fu. Yes, there's Jackie Chan movies, which we love. That's the scaffolding fight. That's the bus fight. But the opening scene where uh, Wen Wu and uh, Ying Li, they fall in love. That's yeah, Crouching yeah. Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. This third act fight to me is Jet Li and Hero. It's another type of kung fu that is more supernatural and elevated. It's army versus army. It's uh, what's the word for it? You said it earlier. Wushi. Uh, the the washu cinema. Washu yeah. cinema. That's what this is tapping into. It's not Jackie Chan kung fu, but it is a specific style of Chinese fighting movie. And I think they were trying to honor all of them. And I can see how that might be too much. And they probably didn't pace it out right, but. That's kind of what I like There's about it. There's a fair bit of the old Dynasty style of Asian movie that is not the Jackie Chan stuff necessarily. The big hats. Sure. Yeah, and, you yeah. know, the ancient style and whatnot. And some of that's paid homage to in this. I, I get it, but it just, I don't know. It just so, was too Battle of Wakanda to me, I guess is what I'm I saying. The, I, got I, you. I get that. I do get where you're coming from there. One of the things that I did like about the fight scene was I liked the fact that it got to the immediate conflict between Shang and his dad. Yeah. I mean, that was that was the the centerpiece of the fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I you got some good points. Maybe the dragon thing could have been cool. But the fact that Shang Chi goes to his dad and he's like, Your family needs you. We need yeah, you right here. I didn't I don't want to take that out. That has nothing to do with the CGI and that has uh, nothing to, me, to do with that, the Battle of Wakanda. I don't know. That moment was was so relatable, so sweet, sure. so yeah, there was the pure of that motivation was, uh... of, Dad, you've been such a horrible father for all these years. Now you can fix it. Here's your chance for redemption. 
And it's that much more tragic that he doesn't take it. Again, well, for, sure. for me, it over, it overshadows all of it. The final fight scene, again, I agree, was a it, it does that Marvel thing where it gets way too CGI heavy. Way too uh, big. And way too big. And But at this point, God, we're, what, 24, 23 movies in? Yeah, we should all be used to it by now. Yeah. yeah um, I don't know. I'm, I'm with Mikey. I, I love the army versus army aspect of it. And then there was this third thing that rolls through. I love the idea that Tao Lo is this ancient fighting monk kind of a, a society mm. uh, that's living in this little pocket dimension far removed from all of society. I got you. And we're With all, dogs. again, it's With to me, dogs. it was more of a, a fighting monk kind of mm. a trope, which, again, that's a super kung fu trope. And that Shang-Chi goes there and he learns their ways. This is when he truly accepts and goes into that and does mm-hmm. the, he has the tai chi lesson with with auntie yeah auntie and but that's just auntie for him it was <laughs> what kevin was talking about making more auntie shang chi specific but, well <laughs> now defend aquafina suddenly knowing how to use a bow okay i i can defend that i can defend that because that shot was lucky and it's lucky because she at after she takes the shot what does her face do it yeah. like Oh, well, you know God, those, those one in a million and shots she showed, from nine out of ten okay. in Marvel movies. Can I also tell you though? But can I? Which can, is good. That's what we need. But she we need showed all like ten the, of those front teeth in the right, shock, and she's like, "Holy s, I I'm did glad it!" You worked that and in. the problem, but also the problem with that is, I saw that coming a mile away. Sure. Okay. If it you want to put, if you want to put uh, predictable. On a Venn diagram of Marvel movies, it's going to intersect in a lot of places. It's always going to intersect in but, but that, the, comic I mean, books in general. Yeah, but I mean, this one bumped me a lot. I'm, I, part of it, unfortunately, might be from viewing something um, soon before that. Um, um, another viewing of the movie Logan, oh, there you which go. has oh. a third act that has a no CGI in it, oh. yep. but awesome action and fighting and an army of guys actually in armor with guns. <laughs> that makes sense for them to be that way. And that was done. That movie's different and acclaimed for being different and is still a superhero movie. And I, I guess you guys saying like, oh, well, it's a Marvel movie. What do you expect? Well, I was getting different for the first two acts. So I was expecting different for the third sure. act. And yeah. I didn't get different for the third act. Yeah, I'm with so, uh, that's I'm with all general society in this and that. I enjoyed the movie and none of that really to- took me out of it. That I'm much, with you. I don't think. Like, you're, okay. in, you're in the minority I here, Kevin. You. That's fine. So, of course, Sean wins. Hey, <laughs> spoiler alerts. And then, of course, uh, never you never leave for a Marvel movie. No. We had a mid credit scene, right, uh, where we got to see Wong. Mm-hmm. There, that the, the before we well, get well, we got to see that couple, that girl from the uh, Verizon oh, yeah, commercial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's such a great beat. Okay, like they're yeah, sitting yeah, in the yeah. bar and they're like, yeah. "We fought foo dogs and we fought dragons and <laughs> Shang Chi has the ten rings now and he's super powerful." And they're both like, "You're making fun of me." I, that almost bumped me that scene because like, why would you tell your friends that? But I forget that we're living in a world where like the Avengers people are on blip. the news. Yeah, people blip. Yeah, so I mean, everyone yeah. knows. This yeah. is, I, I had to correct my that brain. Didn't on bump this me thing at all. I was fine with that. Is that correct. I had to. I had to correct myself. The but movie that, got me back on board after all the CGI was done. But just like we went from flashback to airplane, this was like big epic battle to sitting in a bar and telling about yeah. that battle with your friends. I like, thought it was great. I I great juxtapose. Yeah. That's like, that great yeah. Got to go, kids. Come but on. That, that leads into Wong because he shows up and says, uh, Shang-Chi, looking for Shang-Chi? Is there a Shang-Chi? Here? Yes. Yep. And then he takes Shang-Chi and Katie through the portal. And uh, what is going on? So many questions on the scene. Yeah. So many questions. We got Bruce Banner. Why is Banner Banner? Yeah, we got. That's he, my question. Yeah, why, why is Banner? We got Carol Danvers. Yeah, yeah. And she's always busy. Doesn't have she's enough like, time for this. She's plan. like, Jeez. she's like the, she's like, she's Waiting. like the horrible parent who's yeah. always too busy. She's like, call me on my cell phone. He's like, I don't have her number. She's always too busy. She's always like, right. uh, it's like, okay, this has been great, but I got something to do right now. I'll see you later. Yeah, I'll little Timmy's, little Timmy's climbing the cupboard again. Just had to get somewhere. Oh, but it wasn't a sassy haircut. It was, it was back. Yeah. Standard. Oh, was it? Yeah. Yep. So expecting. Oh. There is some that question as to where this haircut. falls in the timeline. Yeah. Sure. Some are saying it's exactly. Okay. Now hang on. I want to. I want to say I've said this on a podcast before, but the key to understanding Marvel timelines is spotting the haircut. Yeah. No. The haircut I mean, tells the story. It could I've be said too. It before. I'm, no. I'm putting it out. But there. that's the thing. If when Wong takes you through a portal, you might not be going to your own time. No. So, oh, that's true. Yeah. So who knows when that your, was? Or your own verse? Yeah, or your own verse. Mm. You could be anywhere. 
So who knows where Wong took them? Yes, but apparently the rings they are a beacon return. for something. They are a beacon for something. Did you read anything out there mm-hmm. in the interwebs about mm-hmm. what the beacon might be? No. Mm-mm. What about you? There's there's some theories out there. There's yeah. always theories about everything. Is it the Skrill War? Is it like uh, Nick Fury in space related? No, no. Oh. It's a it's a whole different a whole different bad guy. Okay. That uh, that it's summoning, and it goes. This is related with one of. The original Ten Rings in the comic books, not a Shang-Chi thing. Okay. Ten Rings were like actual like rings for your fingers. I realize oh, yeah, yeah. our listeners can't see me showing you my hands referring to rings. They're very nice hands. Um, They're actually really tiny for some reason. <laughs> it's strange. And each ring like imbued a different power. Um, believe me, these rings are way cooler than the rings in the comic books. But the rings in the comic books at one point belonged to um, this alien dragon-like thing. Bing, bang. Boom. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's, he's, he's got the Chinese mustache for a dragon, too. Yes. Bean Fang Foom was a mid-level bad guy. They may be... I'm, I'm pretty sure they're introducing him. And the theory that I read was maybe those are rings for his fingers. Because oh, he's, he's a dragon. He's way oh. giant big, so they might right. be rings for his fingers. Oh. Again, there's a thousand theories mm. out there, so I am not endorsing that one any more than I endorse Jar Jar as a Sith. And then they took but. Wong Clubbing. And then they took Wong Clubbing. <laughs> and that wasn't the only twist either. There's two end credit scenes. I don't remember the last time Marvel had two beat scenes at the end, but we do get two in this one. No, there's there's usually mid credits and then a post credit. Ah, okay. Mm-hmm. But we do get a post credits, and that's mm-hmm. the sister. She came back from the shadows again. Yeah. And didn't even get a haircut. She's supposed to be like that. cleaning up dad's old place, but we shutting find... it down, I believe. Shutting it down, yes. But, <laughs> but no. She's expanding the operation. That's right. Good for her. Why not? Girl right? power. Now, here's the thing. is One thing I did come across, a theory, and this seems like it might just be wishful thinking, but I don't know. It's, it makes sense to me. Put it out there. Make it come true. A lot of people were like, oh, she's training women now. And some people went, no, those are the Black Widows. Oh, like that. Maybe. That were rescued and totally now this is No, that home? weren't rescued. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. How would she get control of There's them? lots of them. But like you were saying oh, earlier, they were already part of her fighting ring. Like she has contact with yeah, them because so there's a black because there's a black yeah. widow in there. So Remember? she's involved with so them maybe. in some See capacity. Maybe those are black. Oh, that may could be, right. be. Yeah, that'd be cool. But like now in the storyline, the black widows are back to being good. Not all of them. No, not, not all because because uh, Yelena is going around trying to as fix the them. most recent episode of Hawkeye. Yeah, yeah. We okay. point to Yelena is going around trying to fix them. So. Now that's the other thing we have to keep in mind is that. Marvel has proven time and again that they will play the long game. Yep. And they'll put in something, and then like 10 years later, they'll be like, remember, we told yep. you. Yep. And you're like, oh, crap, I forgot yep. about that. Yeah, I think they're playing both sides of this, the spectrum here because like the Wong and uh, Captain Marvel and Bruce Banner whole scene is them setting up a storyline that'll connect to the next phase or arc. Right. But I think the sister taking over is Shang-Chi too. Like, you sure. know, they're doing local yeah. and international yeah. sort of planning. <laughs> All right, so after the end credits comes the pizza rating. Yeah. <laughs> so out of eight slices of pizza, we'll go around. Do we do? We'll do guess first. Guess first. So which guess one are you guys going to shoot for it? Okay, Scott's going to kung go fu first. fight for it. Oh, they're going to shoot for it. Oh, hold on. What Rock we, paper one, scissors. One two three, then hit or yes. one two, one two three. They're so confused. I was. It rocked. doesn't matter. I won twice. I'm going with eight slices. <laughs> Whoa. Mo. Okay. Um, it is uh, an enormously entertaining, fun-filled Marvel Cinematic Universe ride, mm-hmm. paying homage to one of my favorite things in the whole wide world, and that is the Kung Fu movie. Uh, they did it well. They brought in the right people. I will give it eight slices and every single kind of topping. Uh, that you could ever put on it. Ooh. I love this movie. It was fantastic. Full marks. Wow. All right, that's great. So I'm going to riff on uh, Not Scott and that I'm going to give it seven slices of a meat lover's because it had everything I liked on it. Maybe half of it had sardines. Uh, I had to take a slice out because I found a hair in it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wonderful. Wonderful. And, and otherwise, it was a really enjoyable experience. I felt it was a loving rendition to my, my one of my favorite forms of cinema in that classic uh, kind of Asian kung fu type movie. And I thought, when I first heard about it, I thought, oh, I don't know, man. And then Scotty saw it before I did, and he came to me and said, no, look, you got to go watch it. <laughs> they did a great job with it. It does some great homages. And I really I enjoyed it. So, But I do have to take the one slice away for the hair. 
You did you did mention the hair a whole bunch while we were watching. It's like that haircut. Uh, but I got to join Team Scotty on this one. This is a full eight slicer for me. I don't know if I add toppings because I have my complaints. I do have my nitpicks. Uh, we didn't get into it. I have my nitpicks about the scaffolding that I'll argue with Scotty about off mic. Um, but this is the, in the if you love Kung Fu Hustle, this is the same type of movie. It's sure. yes. it's, it's a pinch of silly. It's a pinch of supernatural. It's a, a few handfuls of awesome Kung Fu and fight scenes. That bus scene, the car chase scene when they're getting out of prison. Morris, I love an animal helper. I will always add two slices for you an animal. You can see him too. Oh, that's the best part. And he's so cute. And you know what he's saying, even though you don't understand him. But I've seen this twice now. I will probably see it twice more. So full full pizza for me. Wow. Okay, so obviously I didn't like the third act at all. If this was a nine slice pizza, I'd take off a third of the pizza, so that'd be there a, you go. That'd be a six slice, but this isn't we only have eight slices, so I can't even give it six. So it's gonna get five supreme. There you go. Really? That's one of the lowest ratings you've ever issued. Untrue. That is untrue. We did jingle all the way. Tune into that episode. Yes. <laughs> But so, five, five slices, that's good. I five mean, supreme. I get it. Yeah, yeah. And, All the top. And that holds up for the, the first two acts, which I get. Yeah. yeah. And the third act. Yep. So uh, let us know what you guys think. We want to know what you think. Do you guys agree with Mikey and Scott? Is it awesome? Do you guys agree with Brad? Yes. Take the hair out of it. And it's a good <laughs> movie. Do you agree with me? The third act was a mess. Let us know. We want you to hit us up on all the socials at AssumingPod. That's Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Most active on Instagram. You can also send us the Gmail, assumingpositions at gmail.com. Every week I ask Mikey, how do you want the Gmail formatted? I want you to find two pendants, put them in a dragon statue, and then write it with that dragon water that comes out. Water then, sculpture. That's it. Yeah. I know that doesn't transfer to email, but you can figure it out. Just put yeah. some water messages in an email. Yeah. All right. We want to thank you guys so much for listening. And we also want to thank Not Scott Productions for our equipment and being here. Yes, sir. We want to thank Fat Guy Brad for our announcing and being here. Thank you very much. We want to thank Jazzar for our music and being over in France. We love you, Jazzar. And we want to thank you guys so much. Have a great week. And we will see you next week with more fun stuff. Hooray. Make my marble. Here. <laughs> True believer. Excelsior. <laughs>